death. <laughs> death had to happen in order for me to truly live and be the me that God created me to be. See, trauma, hurt, and insecurity spent too much time in my ear telling me to shrink back and to people please. And so that's what I did. I went silent when I was created to speak. I followed in areas where I was created to lead. I whispered and tiptoed when the divine in me said, raise your voice and march. I hit it all because I wanted to be liked. <laughs> Let's admit it, there's a point in life where that's what we all want, right? Not just to be loved, but to be liked, to be the pleasant, quiet, cooperative one, meek, humble, mild, just like Christ. Blend in, be safe, don't argue, don't offend, be sweet, say what they want to hear, make friends, and avoid that loud, angry Black woman label at all costs. Just don't make waves. So I did it. Or at least I gave it a try. Actually got good at it for quite some time. Hit the malcontent with a pleasant smile, all the while slowly dying inside. Relationship after situationship, friendship after fake ship, boardroom to conference room, pulpit to interview, get along, be nice, get the light, and just don't make waves. And that inner turmoil that you endure for everyone else's sake, it goes terribly fine until that one day, until that time, you awake to the divine whisper that you, <laughs> you are the ocean. Suddenly, the idea of not making waves becomes an incredibly unbearable and ridiculous notion, that cataclysmic moment that you realize yourself as a change agent. Being light goes out the window because you realize that all too often, <laughs> that ain't gonna happen. Or at the very least, you now know being liked is not now nor should have ever been the goal. And to complete your purpose, that people-pleasing version of you must come to death. And the stages of grief lead to an unsettling type of relief, a strange new acceptance of angry, loud Black woman labels, of being classified, identified, and damn near crucified for being extra, doing too much, agitator, instigator, firestarter, troublemaker, and so on and so forth and so just like Christ is freeing you from that suffocating silent hell and for everybody else I mean oh well because you are the one sent to stir the pot and for the people who are comfortable in the chaos of racism injustice poverty inequality disparity and discrimination and for the crabs in a bucket who look like you the change agent in you is disturbing them and causing the systems to come unglued so you will be hated despised and disliked just like Christ, without honor in your own land, amongst your own people, an unsettling relief once you accept it and believe it, and the people pleaser in you comes to death. Your mission at the helm, bump all the rest. You got things to do, so say it with your chest. Damn it, making waves is what I do because I figured out that I, I am the ocean. Oh my gosh. <laughs> that was so good it was so many things in there okay let me enter sorry y'all so welcome to mj the word podcast i am mj and i am the word bj word to be exact y'all y'all are getting real-time reactions to our pieces to each other's pieces okay because when we're recording this it's the first time that the other one has heard it and that's very much on purpose so these reactions that you get are real okay because <laughs> i almost forgot to introduce us i'm like oh let me <laughs> we gotta do this. 
because you dropped so many gems in that one. And the one thing you say over and over, it's like, you know, being afraid to make waves and always remembering too, like, you're not going to always be liked. And remember, they did the same thing to Christ. My dad used to say that all the time. Like, everybody right. didn't like Christ. Right. And it, you know, because I would, you know, want to be, I wanted to be in the in crowd. I wanted to be liked. I wanted to be popular. And that's mm-hmm. so true. That's so true. That was powerful, BJ. That was good. Thank you. You You know what? I feel like that was kind of a life story almost for me. Like, you know, it was a lot of realization that I have always wanted this. I want to be liked desperately. You know what I'm saying? And, 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 you know, before we go any further, let's just address that because there's a lot of people that will try to make you feel some kind of way if you're a people pleaser or if you care what other people, I don't care what nobody thinks. You need to stop caring what other people, that is way easier said than done. Let's just be, let's just be very serious. Okay. We care what other people think, you know, and to some degree we should, you know, just depending on who it is. And like I said, to some degree, But there are those of us, I think, that carry that a little harder Mm -hmm. than some others where that desire, that need to be liked and to be wanted um, is just so strong that it drives what you do and what you don't do. You know what I mean? But I think I think to some degree, I just want to normalize that for people that like you're not a weirdo or strange or less than if you have a desire to be liked. I mean, nobody wants to be disliked. (laughs) We we all we're we're born to be in in connection with other people. So you want to be around folks who applaud you and who love you and who want to be around you. That's a very normal thing. Um, But when it gets to the point where it's stopping you from being who you really are are meant to be and you're tailoring yourself and uh watching what you say and what you do at every moment because you gotta be the star student you gotta be the favorite person in the group you gotta be the one that everybody's like oh i just love her um that's when it becomes problematic you know because people should accept you for who you are period and yeah. when you're a change agent, like we were saying, you not you might as well stop going after that wanting to be like, because it's just not gonna happen. <laughs> not at all. Um, <laughs> and that's the thing too, especially um, you know us living in a city like Memphis, right? It's a civil rights city, mm-hmm. and it, mm-hmm. legacy there. And, and just you know, I'm from Detroit as well. So for our listeners who don't know, I'm from Detroit, but I live in Memphis now. Mm-hmm. I come from two cities where you had a lot of people who were activists, who were, you know, very right. outspoken. Who and so for me, that example of just seeing, like, yeah, no, my ancestors weren't liked. I think about right. Ida B. Wells; she wasn't liked, but that didn't stop right. her from getting her thoughts anyway. I hear that all mm-hmm. the time. By the way, be careful what you put in writing. Like the same people used to say that to Ida. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Or don't say this, don't be careful, don't burn bridges. They used uh-huh. to say to Dr. King or and everybody, you know, you, so you think yeah. about it and you put it in context, the people who have really made some of the biggest impacts, had the biggest, you know, effect on our society were the ones who weren't always like, because that right. you're a disruptor. Yes. You're a disruptor, especially if you go up against systems. It's one thing. Yeah. Like, you know, I'm disrupting the family picnic, <laughs> right? Just because they all get on my nerve. But right. when you're going up against systems that mm-hmm. were designed to operate a certain way and you come in and shake that up and people are Ooh. like, why are you shaking up the status quo here? We don't like this. Oh, you're mm-hmm. 
right. Yes. <laughs> You're going to mm-hmm. be just like, and, and I think all of us need to understand, you know, especially as Black women, sometimes that's going to happen when you're trying, you're looking at the greater good. You're yeah. literally trying to help. You're trying to make this situation better. You know what I mean? You still going to be disliked, even sometimes by the people that you are fighting to make it better for. There yeah. are folks who are going to be so terrified. I mean, think back in the Bible, them folks told Moses, you should have left us there where we were. <laughs> you know, we, we at least we had some, some food and we were getting beat to death, but so what? You know, at least we had, we knew we had a bed at the end of the night. And because you are here to take people from where they are to a better place. And that is scary for a lot of folks. It's Mm -hmm. terrifying for folks who have gotten some level of comfort in their chaos and in their turmoil and in their misery. They've become friends with it. We talked about this last week. Y'all go back and listen to the trauma bonding, okay? There Mm -hmm. are some people who have bonded with their trauma and here you come, try to separate them from what they know. Okay, or here you come trying to disrupt a system that really is not working, but folks have forced it to work because Mm -hmm. racism is a system that does not work, but Mm -hmm. people try their best to work within it. You know what I mean? Poverty, having certain people into poverty, having disparities, that system does not work. Um, But you got the folks that's determined to try to force it to work. And Mm -hmm. so you have people who are at the top who are causing the chaos and the people who have become comfortable in the chaos who will be angry with you for trying to bring order to the situation. Right, exactly. <laughs> I just, I can think of a lot of examples. But you know, it's just so interesting thinking about it too. And I guess I'm thinking about it as professionally, right? Because we yeah. both work in spaces where it's easy, well, let me let me rephrase that. We both work in spaces where we deal with, uh, you know, talking to people who may not feel a sense of belonging. They may not right. feel like they're liked. They want to mm-hmm. be included. And I, I don't think there's anything wrong with having an inclusive environment. I fully support that. Right. Uh, but what we're saying here is don't let that need to belong, like, just determine every paralyze you thank you that's the perfect word I was looking for like don't let it paralyze you to the point where it's like oh I can't I can't fit in I don't know what to do and you know it's like at a certain point you just have to embrace you know what I may never fully fit in but you know (laughs) I can't not be me right right and you know what I can speak to that personally too because who growing up and, and, and coming from, you know, church backgrounds, like we both have, you're taught, y'all, we're going to get into, we promise y'all that episode is coming, but you're taught um, to be a certain way, to be the quiet, to be seen and not heard. You know, you do, we, we, that's, that's, that is the mantra in the black community for children. You just, children need to be seen and not heard. Um, you know, you're taught, especially as, as a, as a female, you know, as a girl child, you just don't say certain stuff. It's not ladylike. It's not dainty. You don't, uh, you just go along, especially if it's with, with, uh, a misogynistic system, you just go along with that. You don't rail against that. You know, you're even told, <laughs> 
if you speak up, if you don't, if you use your voice, if you uh, make too many waves, you're going to be intimidating and threatening to men. You're you're not going to be chosen as a wife because you're not, you know, you're not seen as quiet. You don't have a quiet spirit. You don't, and so it's difficult to not be made that way. You know what yeah. I'm saying? To not be, uh, to to want it too, y'all, because I wanted it. You have no idea how many times I've wished that I was quiet, a shy person. I've wished that I was introverted. I'm just not that. I'm just not. And so it's like, it's difficult to challenge that internally first. You have to deal with it internally first. And that's what I talked about in uh, the spoken word piece of that unsettling acceptance you know, it's like you you accept, all right, you know, but but it's still, it's unsettling because you, then you start to embrace all these other things that people label you as that you may not identify as at all, you know, <laughs> yourself. Yeah. And you know what? I'm glad you pointed out, like you said, I tried to be those things. I tried to be quiet. I tried mm-hmm. to be, because what ends up happening a lot of time is once we start conforming, and code switching and trying to be all these other things, we lose sight of who we really are, right? Yes. So I always say it's better to be authentic yes. <laughs> and sincere um, and, and true to who you are. And maybe, right. no, everybody's not going to like you, but the people right. who with you, they will rock with you. Like, you know what? Right. She's known for her authenticity. She's known for mm-hmm. her integrity. I know this is the real her. Um, so that's why I just think it's so important not to, don't, don't fake it till you make it. Like, Right. Don't try to be all in the name of fitting into a certain environment because right. you just so don't drive yourself crazy. You really yeah. are. And you still, at the end of the day, you're still not going to be accepted, you know, right. because they're not accepting you. They're accepting who they think you are. They're accepting the fact that they think you're docile. I've had that happen, y'all. Uh, even recently in a work environment. Okay, sure did. And, uh, you know, because I'm, I'm very... I kind of got a bubbly like personality outgoing you know if I'm if I'm in a room I'm going with the shenanigans and the jokes that's just kind of who I am you know I'm cracking jokes I'm even texting jokes in in the staff meeting I'm that co-worker <laughs> right and so um sometimes people can can view your personality that way especially if you have a certain sense of humor um you kind of are the person who will just kind of say anything in the room people can start to 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 um disregard you or underestimate you and think that they can walk all over you uh in other words they they don't take you seriously and then when you start to stand up for yourself and say hey wait a minute now I'm not a joke don't don't uh, there's a time for jokes but I am never a joke Mm -hmm. then you get these these nasty these nasty labels of you know uncooperative not a team player um you know you're gonna get the loud black woman um label you're going to get the you know the the troublemaker the fire starter and that can be very hurtful um when you know that's not who you are you know it's like I know I'm a nice person I know I'm I'm cooperative I know that I am a team player and here you are labeling me this way all because I'm pointing out a wrong (laughs) and you mad at me for pointing out the wrong yeah exactly yeah Yep. And so just to go back to a conversation we had, this was like a private conversation about, you know, the difference between a change maker, or I'm sorry, the difference between a troublemaker 
and a change agent all depends on who's telling the narrative, right? Yes. So <laughs> yes. the reason I say that is because we can go to the Rosa Parks and the Dr. Kings and that, you know, yes. they were viewed by some as troublemakers and yes. then as change agents. Yes. So you think about it. When you think about some of the reasons why people who are more outspoken and more, uh, you know, consider disruptors, why they often have that label, right? It's because it's, it, it depends on who it's coming from. Because some people right. may be like, "Yes, oh my goodness, right on, you rock, mm-hmm. keep doing you, be authentic," and then others are like, "Oh no, she's a troublemaker." So it really does depend on who's who's telling the story too, and it right. depends on their perception of you. Right. Absolutely. It so depends on that. That is so true. It's all about who writing that story. You know yeah. what I'm saying? And so that's why you have to kind of take it with a grain of salt um, and, and, and get to a point where you're like, okay, whatever, you know? Um, and I think that that is so important for us not to put so much stock into the opinions of people who are crooked and evil in the first place. You understand what I'm saying? So if we're coming against some system, okay, we just, let's just take work, for example, and, you know, corporate America, and uh, you know that there's some injustice going on on your job, or you know some type of salary disparity is going on, and you're the one that rallies the troops, you're the one that gets union going you know you're the one that stands up and says this is wrong um yes you are going to be labeled as a troublemaker by the people who set that corrupt system up in the first place but you have to remind yourself you know because that can be hurtful for people to say that but you have to remind yourself you know consider the source those people are corrupt and evil so if they're doing all that wrong, of course they're gonna mislabel you too. So, so why should you care? You know what I mean? Don't you shouldn't be concerned about uh, the opinion of people who are negative and people who are, you know, racist or prejudiced or sexist or whatever. Don't worry about what they say. You, they're messed up in the head. So, of course, when it comes to how they view you, that's gonna be messed up too. So <laughs> we have to remember that when you start getting that label as the, the, the person who's bringing the problems, okay? But your brain is messed up. If that's the case, we wouldn't even be having this conversation if you were thinking straight. Because if you were thinking straight, you would pay me the same as you pay my white male counterpart over here, right? So you're not, your thinking is not clear. So I'm going to put that in the same bag that you just came out of your mouth and said that I was whatever, you know, I'm a troublemaker. I'm, I'm agitating people, whatever. That same brain that you use to label me that way is the same brain you use to create injustice against me and discriminate against me in the first place. And that brain is screwed up. So I'm not even taking your thoughts. Yeah, exactly. And you know what? One thing I was thinking about while you were talking about that too, is a lot of times and you could speak to this, I know, as a psychotherapist, it's like people kind of project their insecurities on you. So like if you, like for example, I know like in hindsight, like some of the different situations I've dealt with just in life in general, uh, I know a lot of it had to do with, it could have been a little bit of insecurity on their part, a little bit of jealousy, yeah. a little bit of like whatever they may have been dealing with, they uh-huh. received the fact that I was so like, this is who I am. I'm unapologetic and I know who I am. Right. And and everybody, not everybody's not in that same space. And some people present you simply for the fact that you Mm -hmm. have a clear understanding of who you Mm -hmm. are and what you stand for. And Mm -hmm. so I learned that too, like in hindsight, like I said, looking at some of my like friendships and relationships and 
you know, all the people who all of a sudden were like, oh, you changed. We don't like you anymore. You, you know, I, I know that had a lot to do with it as you grow into your own and you figure out like this, yes. this is boom, you <laughs> like this is me and I love me, you know, some yeah. people like how, her confidence and you know like some people are resent the fact that you're confident yes you have an ability to do something that they can't do so it, it's wow. so many different things at play and that's why you can't you have to take it with a grain of salt sometimes like I can't right, focus. right. you do? know to 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 your point <laughs> confidence almost always feels like bullying to the insecure so a person who is insecure with themselves and yeah. you come along and you're confident and you know who you are they're going to feel bullied that's just that's just the bottom line and it's that has nothing to do with me I'm not going to shrink back any longer you know why because shrink people still gonna have a problem with you if you shrink back you know you could be going along with the grain and doing everything that people say you still won't get the liking that you, all that gets you is used you know i can speak to that from experience <laughs> all that and i said it is fucking word piece going along trying to be a people pleaser trying to do things that everybody is telling me to do all that does is get you used it doesn't get, get you genuinely liked so you know, you might as well just be confident, be the person that you are. And that doesn't mean that you're intentionally trying to intimidate people. But when you show up in a room and you know you're supposed to be there and you act like you're supposed to be there, I'm not going to look at the floor. I'm not going to scratch my head. And I'm not going to dance unless I hear some music. So get out of here with that. And so that is going to seem intimidating, terrifying, and like I'm bullying you if you are not secure with yourself. And mm -hmm. it's unfortunate that, um, well... I would say more people than not are not are not secure <laughs> with themselves. They have a lack of confidence. And instead of looking internally to say, okay, what do I need to do to find that ocean in me, whatever it is, then they, you know, they turn on you and get angry with you because you found yours. Not realizing your journey may have been hell for you to get here. Mm -hmm. that's, hey. that's a good point. And you know what? I can't. I hope we could go here for a minute to talk about being like my family members. Um, <laughs> now, I, I will tell you that it that for me was harder than uh -huh. like, like if I lost a friend and we just grew apart, I'd be like, okay, I just accept that, you know, I make some new friends. Uh -huh. Family is always going to be your family. Right. And wanting to be like my certain family members, especially if it's a parent or a sibling or you know, grandparent, whatever, for a long time, that was a deep part of yeah. just being straight up. Like I wanted to be the perfect daughter. I wanted to be the perfect granddaughter. I wanted my grandmother to be proud of me. And like, even to this day, I think about my grandma pitched uh, God rest her soul, but I think about it all the time. Like, Oh, would she be proud of me in this moment? You know, mm -hmm. uh, there are certain family members where I'm like, okay, I have fought for your acceptance. I have fought to be liked by you. Mm -hmm. And then when you reach that point, like, you know what? Yes, we're family, but that don't mean I have to keep doing this dance. I'm tired right. of being a hamster wheel of wanting to be accepted and liked. And once you let it go, to me, it's a certain freedom that I can't explain. Like, cause yeah. I dealt there for years. Like, I just want to be accepted. I want to be loved. Like mm -hmm. I want treated the same as you know some of the other family members but then once I was like you know what nah you know yeah. it's cool. <laughs> but it, it felt like 
just a weight lifted off because the family dynamic is so unique compared to any other kind of relationship that you will have. Right. Yeah. Right. Because you, you automatically, (laughs) girl, you automatically grew up thinking it's a safe space and it's not, you, you, you would think that it is that space of, of unconditional positive regard, as we call it in, in the therapy field, you would think that that's where that's coming from. And it's not, you know, um, I said this before, um, one of my psychologist friends talks about labels versus ingredients. So the Mm -hmm. label, a mother, father, aunt, uncle, cousin, that's got nothing to do with the ingredients that that person is made up of. You know what I mean? So we look at that growing up in our family systems is okay, based on your label, this should be safe. You're supposed to like me. And that's just not the case. And, you know, when you were speaking, I was um, thinking about the black sheep, how, how a lot of people often feel like the black sheep of the family. And a lot of times that black sheep is the one that people call on when they need something. The black sheep is the one that they end up looking to when there's a problem, because the black sheep is the one that will come in and get the work done. But that's also the one that's going to disrupt the system, okay? If it's a secret in the family and nobody's talking about it, the black sheep is going to be the one to bring it up in family reunion. Hey, <laughs> Y'all gonna just sit here and act like such and such didn't just happen? Is this what we doing? And then instead of dealing with the problem, people get mad at the black sheep, you know? They see you as the loud one. They see you as the one. And and a lot of times that person is the one that's honest. Mm -hmm. That person is the one that's gonna call people out on their stuff. Ask me how I know, child. And, you know, it's sad, but in a lot of ways, people, uh, ignorance is bliss. People would rather be in a space of just, I just wanna walk around acting like such and such is not happening. I wanna just be stupid. I just wanna be in denial versus you coming up here causing me to to have to deal with something and so you end up being the person that is that is disliked and for a long time and I didn't realize this for a long time a lot of times when people especially family members um when they dislike you they're disliking you from a place uh, in them that doesn't like themselves Mm -hmm. so that's that part of them that that's unsettled that doesn't that they don't love themselves they don't like themselves and so that's where that's coming from that emotion towards you and you put it out on me and like you said there is a peace that comes with saying okay I'm not going to chase after this anymore um it the the best way I can describe it is is, it's an unsettling relief (laughs) you are relieved but at the same time you got to accept it okay I might not see y'all but once a year right all right I know I might not talk to y'all that much okay I realize I've accepted that our relationship may never be um Facebook worthy okay we may never be this big group of people on Facebook with all the t-shirts the same because of how you know this person is or how this person is but then you've accepted in yourself well all right it's all right if you don't like me that's just the way that it is family or not yeah Okay, here's the question I have for you. <laughs> you know, I used to like come with the questions. I'm like thinking, I'm like, why is this like this? Why? So, <laughs> you know, like we have seen time and time again, right? You mentioned Christ, like in your piece. I love that. We have seen that the people who often get ostracized the most or often get labeled troublemakers are really the ones who have the best interests of people at heart, right? Mm-hmm. 
why is it that we see this pattern though, just time and time again, of those persons continuing to get vilified instead of receiving the support from the community or from, from, mm -hmm. from just people in general, when you know, like, okay, we know that this tends to happen. We need to support this person. Mm -hmm. I think that's where I get frustrated. I'm like, okay, like the same people revering Ida B. Wells here in Memphis, then y'all knocking us <laughs> for right. the example of our ancestors. You get what I'm We're saying? Doing the same thing, yeah. Right. And it's just not Ida B. Wells, but also you think about like other people and just just people in general who have mm -hmm. like spoken up when it was time to. Mm -hmm. And so it just, I don't know. I just find it to be really ironic, like that you'll praise people who came before us, people right. like Jesus and what he did, but then you knock people in the current day who mm -hmm. are following the example of Christ mm -hmm. and ancestors and people um, who are not afraid to be change agents. Mm -hmm. I think, I think one of the reasons, I think it's a lot of reasons why folks act like that, but I think one of the reasons is that, you know, you can put some separation between yourself and Ida B. Wells. You can yeah. put so many different degrees of separation between yourself and Jesus, okay? You can look at between you and Malcolm X. There's so many different degrees of separation that people can place there and see that is this is the icon of the past, okay? And in some people's minds, no more than an idea. For a lot of people, the, Dr. King is not that real person in their face. He's an idea now. He's just somebody from history. You know what I mean? So it's easy to praise him when you're not here and you you don't have to, you know, deal with them face to face. They didn't get praised in their in their day at their time. I mean, we all know what happened to Jesus. <laughs> so by the same folks, he was sent to help. You know what I mean? So I think that um um now people can look back on that and say oh yeah that was a great thing it was it was amazing but it's still removed from me I don't have to deal with that face to face and so when you come face to when they come face to face with those ideals and they're not they're no longer ideals they're a real person now you get met with the same type of opposition the same type of crucifixion the same type of belittling um harassment uh, the, the same type of hatred that they faced at that time because now you're embodying it so i think if we were back in the day you know these same folks that do that now would be would have been doing it then you know yeah. what i'm saying so to 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 them they haven't really uh, i believe it's just me talking but a lot of folks haven't really embodied um the, the gospel of, of Jesus, they haven't really, you know, because you got folks that'll, that'll scream Jesus in one, one sentence and the next sentence, you know, they racist. So they have, they're not really embracing that. They're embracing the idea of him. They're embracing the idea of Ida B. Wells. They're not, they haven't embraced her, <laughs> who she was, what she stood for, what she was doing, because if, if they had, and it was real, they wouldn't have a problem with people doing the same thing now just like you said but they really haven't they haven't they haven't it's like people who love the idea of getting married but they don't really want to be married <laughs> they love the idea of a wedding they don't love the idea of being connected to someone for uh, to death do we part they they have they don't embody a husband or a wife at all it's just the idea of what that is and what that represents and i think that that's that's part of that uh that issue like dude you praising Ida B. Wells for doing this, but you saying you sitting up here trying to slap my face or fire me or kick me out 
for saying and doing the same thing, that means you really haven't embraced what Ida B. Wells did. All you're doing is embracing her as an idea, icon, a statue. That's it. A statue. Yeah. It, it, I've always found that fascinating. Mm-hmm. It, it, I don't I don't know why, because it's, it's just like, oh, okay, like, I wonder, though, if you lived during the time when she was alive or when he was alive, would you still have the same feeling? Like, would you be, you know, so, but no, I think, I think the biggest thing inside like just knowing this right so you know troublemakers quote unquote which we consider change agents are always going to be met with opposition so you just mm-hmm. got one anyway and that when I reached that point when I finally figured out like you know what and this was when I was a college student so like uh, Thomas Haas he's the former president of GBSU oh he knew me well mm-hmm. <laughs> so I'd be like so what are we doing about the food what are we doing you know I was always right very uh engaged and um you know Mm -hmm. kind of advocating and I forgot what what point I was about to make there but uh what was I about to say you were just talking about change agents and how they're always met with some form of opposition yeah look sorry I just lost my train of thought but I think Mm -hmm. one of the things that you have to remember is you're always going to be somebody's always going to criticize you you could give out a million dollars to every person and they're going to be like, well, why does she deserve a million dollars? She did this last, you know, so you just have to reach that point where your purpose, right? Going back to one of our earlier discussions, your yeah. purpose outweighs people's opinions, right? right? Keep that in mind always. Like, what am I here to do? Mm-hmm. My purpose right now. And, and that's it. Like, nobody's opinion will really matter when you're doing stuff that's in line with what God placed you on this earth to do. That's, that's right. That's, that's right. And, yeah. and and you have to keep that in mind that regardless of where, where you are placed as a change agent, whether it's on your job, whether it's the Black Lives Matter movement, whether it's a stand up for women, whether it's in your own house, okay, whether it's in your church group, whether it's in your sorority, wherever it is that you are sent to um to evoke and inspire and motivate change, you are always going to be met with opposition from people who don't want to change, okay? And you have to accept that not everybody wants to change. And you're thinking, what doesn't make sense to me is why not? You know, I'm always like, why why wouldn't you want this to be better? Okay, but you have to consider that um, making it better for everybody, uh, it levels the playing field. It Mm -hmm. it brings equality and not everybody wants that. Even in your household, even in your immediate family, not everybody wants that, y'all. You have to keep that in mind. Some people, their significance is wrapped up in their tyranny, okay? Their significance is wrapped up in, I'm above you. I'm over you. I have something that you don't have. I'm better than you in some way. They are feeling some type of deep, uh, darkness inside of them okay they're 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 vibrating real real low <laughs> and being an oppressor or being even even for some folks being in denial um accepting their lies okay that they that they tell themselves getting into a place where they're comfortable in that lie um that's that's what they know so they don't want to change change also is scary so you are going to be met with opposition by fearful people. 
some people who are just terrified, who just trying to get their daily nut, okay, their daily their daily rations or whatever, and go home and make it home alive, and they don't want to rumple all these feathers, you will be met by opposition, okay? You are going to be, like I said in the, the spoken word piece, them crabs in a barrel who don't want anybody else to get any further. You know, who she thinks she is? She, she trying to do more than, nah, 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 nah. You, you will be met with that type of opposition, and it's just something that you have to uh, embrace, especially when you are somebody who is called to speak truth to power. Yeah, people gonna have a problem with you, man, because a lot of folks just like the lies that they live, and that's on a micro level and macro, y'all. Okay, you ever pointed something out to a friend, a deep dear friend of yours? It was the truth, and then they got mad at you and don't want to deal with you anymore because and all you did was tell them the truth because they really just wanted that lie was doing something for them the truth caused people to a different level of accountability mm -hmm. it ultimately the truth causes you to embrace the greatness on the inside of you not everybody wants to do that not everybody's even ready for it and so that's why you you got to give up that idea of you know just not stepping in on any toes and not rumpling feathers because you're going to do that it's just yeah. nowhere around it yeah that's absolutely right and you know what, for anybody who's struggling with this right now, I would tell them, I, I would just say, always remind yourself that your purpose is bigger than people's opinions. Mm -hmm. Right? Mm -hmm. like, always remember that. And, and, I, and I loved how you summed that up because it just, it's it's really, it's, it's much easier said than done, right? We mm -hmm. talked about that earlier. It's like, it's easy to be like, oh, I just want, oh, I just wish everybody could like me <laughs> or whatever, right. but you can't get caught up in that. You have right. to. Hey, you know, whatever I am doing in this moment, I'm being true to myself. I'm being authentic to myself. I have to be mm -hmm. able to think of myself at night. Um, right. So I can't, I can't get caught up and, and people pleasing to the point where I lose my integrity. Me. <laughs> lose me. Yeah. Exactly. I've seen it happen firsthand where people will look, because I, I got that advice from someone who said, you know, you have to ask yourself, like, can I sleep at night? Like it, 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 what it, if what I, goodness, I can't talk today, y'all. Sorry, what I'm doing does it represent me? Right. Does it represent God? Does it represent mm -hmm. who I claim to be? Right. Right. If your actions don't align with that. Then you basically live in a lie. You're not yeah. the truth, and it's better to live the truth and be disliked than to live a lie and then you know be. Yeah. <laughs> morally bankrupt exactly and, and you, you you hit on something so important you know i i think it's important to to talk about this when you are a change agent and you are conforming okay instead of changing things like you're supposed to that life gets draining yes okay Oof. even you you hit on this just a little bit earlier but code switching Code switching gets tiring, it gets draining, especially for those of us who were called into the system to stop code switching from being necessary, okay? I should be able to wear my head wrapped just like this, right. okay? And, and I should not have to change my hairstyle. I should not have to take my braids down for an interview. Okay, I should not have to to go get my hair straightened. All of that is part of code switching, y'all. All, all mm -hmm. right, I, I I throw it all in there together. That gets draining because you're not being your authentic self. 
And that's the same thing in any type of, in a friendship, in a relationship, in a marriage, uh, at your church, whatever the case may be. I think church may be one of those systems that's the hardest to change, but <laughs> because people are so stuck on their traditions, but um, you, you, it's like the life ends up being sucked out of you. And I talked about this, uh, you know, in the spoken word piece, it's, it's an inner turmoil that mm -hmm. you're enduring and you're enduring it for the sake of everybody else. Like you can't stand it. You sitting there and you like, you know, day after day, week after week, month after month, just, just going along with things when you see a problem and you have the answer to the problem and you're not being that answer. You know, and for those of you who may be wondering about that, should I change this or should I say something about this? Oftentimes you are blessed with that the vision. Okay, you are given the sight to be able to see something because you're supposed to be the one to say something. Not everybody sees it and not everybody's bothered by it. Okay. So ask yourself what problems are you bothered by? And then those are the things that you're called to be the answer to, and you're called to change those. And I promise you, they're going to keep you up at night. It's going to keep on bothering you until you go ahead and say, you know what? Forget about the people who may be offended by me writing this wrong. Yeah. I ain't got nothing to do with that. I got to go forward, you know? Exactly. And then, like, here's another reality, too. You got 7 billion people in the world. No two of us are made the same. Right. So you 7 billion personalities. You got 7 billion ways of thinking about things and interacting and engaging. We are all unique. So, I mean, it's just like going to a grocery store, for example. It's going to be like some fruit there that you love. Like, I love grapes. That's my go-to. And then, like, I'm not a big fan of kiwis. It's just what it is. So, right. like, same thing when engaging with people and their personalities. You might say, mm, you know, she's a little abrasive or she... She's not as welcoming and warm or what or mm -hmm. he or whoever, but it's just that's just a part of life too. Like you're going to be drawn to certain people, and the other mm -hmm. people you might not have a stronger connection. Now that doesn't mean mm -hmm. you have a right to disrespect them or to do anything to diminish right. them or you know, tarnish their reputation or anything, but that's just a reality too. And I think we have to remember that like we're all uniquely made. Right. We're going to be drawn to different people. That's just that's human nature so you can't right. get caught up in like oh my goodness why doesn't this person like me it, it may not have anything to really do with you per se it's just they right. are drawn to certain things in person right. like I right. like and I know a lot of people hate cats <laughs> and that's right. kind of a good example but you get what I'm saying like right just, we all have a tendency to kind of gravitate toward, toward certain things mm -hmm. so that's just something that you know, we mentioned that before in another episode, you know, we hit on it a little bit, but when people choose who they like and they dislike, it's mm -hmm. really, it got more to do with them. You know, it's about the, the preference that's going on on the inside of them. And right. if they have a preference for darkness and you are a carrier of the light, they are going to dislike you. And it has nothing to do with you. It has everything to do with the fact that they love darkness, whatever mm -hmm. darkness looks like, you know what I'm saying? And I think that that's something that you, you have to remember. And in those times, because it, does, it can get lonely, you know, yeah. I get that. It can get weird. Uh, <laughs> but I think it's important for uh, change agents to gravitate towards each other. Like you don't have to be siloed. You don't have to be out here on no man's land. You find other people, even if y'all are not um, changing the same thing, you know, you you 
call, uh, get around other people who are also leaders, other people who are carriers of the truth, or other people who are, are like you, like-minded individuals, because those people will push you forward, they will motivate you, they will help you to, you know, carry the torch, and they will make sure that you carry out your purpose, and that you don't um, abandon it, um, because I'm telling you, shrinking back does not get you anywhere, it really does not, um, and I think that even before I was able to start rumpling more feathers on a, on a macro level, <laughs> I had to accept that um, there was a lot of stuff going on, even in just my one-on-one relationships that had to, to change, mm-hmm. you know, um, being a woman who is outspoken, um, I don't consider myself rude. I know that I'm not, I'm not nasty. I'm not, you know, hard to deal with. But I often thought, okay, if I'm outspoken, if I have a voice, if I use my, I'm going to, people, men go think I'm not submissive. Nobody would want to marry me because they're not, they're going to think that I'm, I don't, you know, I won't do what they say. So let me try to be as docile as possible in every relationship that I get into, even though that's not me. Okay. And let me tell you something. Uh, <laughs> that didn't work. That did not work. Not being myself has not worked. I'm still not married. So that that did not work at all. And I had to embrace that men who are um, prone to insecurity and being intimidated, they're going to be that anyway. It has absolutely nothing to do with me. You know, right. they're going to be who they are. So uh, that's just something that you have to remember. There are uh, guys who have shied away from me in the past because of the position that I work. Mm-hmm. and didn't even want to get to know me and flat out told me oh well now nah, you do such and such so now nah, I ain't gonna be it okay you know fine it was hurtful at the time but it is what it is there are guys who would hear me take a mic in my hand and speak and judge me based on that judge me based on me doing a spoken word piece where I'm getting into it you know just flowing and judge me based on that. Oh, she, oh my God, no, nah, this is going to be too much. She's not quiet. She's not shy. She's not this. And at the time I would try to conform and try to be that in those relationships. And I suffocated in every single one. So now it's like, okay, this is who I am. Get to know me and take it or leave it. <laughs> you either like it or you don't. Exactly. And you know what? I I love that you touched on the fact that if you if you, somebody don't like you over here, guess what? It's, it's a whole bunch of other people over here who you can hang out with. Like for example, I, I like comic books. <laughs> you know, part of the nerdy black girl tribe. Okay. And, um, you know, like y'all see me in the pictures and the comic cons and stuff. So I mean, you just you find people who you can connect with, and you just mm-hmm. it. Like don't feel like I have to try to people please or change who I am to in order to have a relationship or in order to have a friendship or whatever it yeah mm-hmm. so I love that you touched on your personal example too like because eventually your personality is always going to come out like you can yeah. only conceal who you really are for so long and mm-hmm. I totally get that so mm-hmm. I think you know another thing for me was you know some of those harder blows came from inside um, the culture, because you get to a place in life where you are almost just on guard, and you you expect it from <laughs> outside the race. You just, you're just waiting on it, right? But I think uh, inside the culture, there's that sense again, that idea of the safety of uh, that false sense of security, that idea of family. 
uh, particularly amongst Black women. And you think if this is, if anywhere I'm going to be accepted and tolerated and liked and celebrated, and not tolerated, but celebrated and liked, this is going to be it. And no, that's that's not always the case. There will be um, Black women who will not like you because you are changing a system that they don't want changed um, or will feel threatened or intimidated by your new innovative ideas. Okay, I'm talking to somebody. I don't know who I'm talking to. Let's listen to this. But listen, <laughs> you know, on that job, with your new innovative ideas and you you are ready to, to run and go forward and here come Mary Jane Jenkins that's been in this position and in this department and she, you know, been in here for 40 years and she's going to be here till she retire or die and she does not like you because and she immediately identifies that you are a change agent and Mary Jane Jenkins don't want to change, okay? We see that a lot. We see that a lot in the culture um, amongst Black women. It's unfortunate, you know, I wish it was not there, but uh, this is another episode for another day, but where you have those um, Black women who are in a position to help other Black women and won't and refuse to do it because they're intimidated by her personality, the way she looks, the, the fact that She's not afraid to wear stripes and polka dots and, you know, solids all at one time, you know, and find these little nitpicky problems. Um, I, that is something uh, I think we have seen in the church uh, quite often. Here y'all go, y'all gang up on the, the young, bright-eyed, bushy-tailed woman with the great ideas that can move it forward. And here you go with your prune face, you know, and instead of helping her, and raising up another generation and opening doors that you could open, you take offense um, to this woman. Y'all, it happens. It mm -hmm. does not feel good, especially when they go and get that, some of their little friends and they got some minions with them uh, <laughs> that now they rallied up and they don't like you. <laughs> you know, you got a whole group of them. Um, you have to really, really, really in those situations, know who you are. You have to know why you were sent there. You have to know what your purpose is and you have to know when your purpose is up, okay? Mm -hmm. Because I don't believe that God will let, send you to suffer in any situation forever. Um, I believe he sends us places to try to change things. And just like he said in his word, honey, not to get too, too deep here, but when folks won't accept it and they don't want it, you shake the dust off your feet and you keep moving. So I believe that whatever your situation is, whether you believe in God or not, uh, whatever your situation is, you're sent into a situation to change it and to make it better. Um, that has a date on it. If they don't accept it and they don't want your ideas and they don't want you, um, make sure you are paying attention to the timing of when it's time for you to move on or maybe go create your own thing and implement those ideas that you are trying to implement somewhere else. Ooh, yes. And that's, ladies and gentlemen, is why her last name is Word. <laughs> Because I was just like, yep, yeah, no one purposes up. Because that that's a good point too. That is an excellent point. I don't, I don't even have nothing to say after that. I think you closed it out real good. Because yeah, there's just so many different things that we talked about tonight. And I know I'm gonna go probably eat some dinner and then think about it a little bit more. Like, wow, yeah, no, it's it's powerful though. Like it, it yeah. in order to get beyond wanting to be constantly accepted you really do have to know who you are you mm -hmm. really you really do you have to be very sure of yourself your purpose your mission 
mm-hmm. and why you get out of bed every day. So yeah, yeah that was good. <laughs> you have to be sure of it. And I you gotta reassure yourself too, you know? Um, because there's times when that imposter syndrome will kick in and you'll yeah. start to ask yourself, you know, if am I a fraud? Am I you know what they say am I can I just I don't want to be the one always saying something you know all those things are going to come up and you just have to reassure yourself y'all you know sorry for rambling on and on y'all but this this topic right here is it's a little personal for me (laughs) because that people pleasing and wanting to be liked I, I feel like I would be so much farther along in life right now had I not um had to deal with that you know but um looking back on the journey at least now I can help somebody else and tell somebody else like hey that's not the way go ahead and be yourself and the people that you were sent to um the people that's ready (laughs) to receive they will and you just have to forget about the ones that's not yeah there you go so let me ask you this so for our next episode because we did we have done this for two episodes in a row now we started (laughs) dipping our toe in the water to talk about the effect of the church I know we're gonna (laughs) I'm not gonna lie to you I'm like I know some people are gonna be like oh they coming for the church but it's not necessarily because we're both believers we're both Christians we Mm -hmm. church but there is a culture in there Mm -hmm. (laughs) very much like hmm <laughs> these issues and maybe what could be uh you know affecting us as black women <laughs> because oh, okay. are, are we gonna do it for the next episode are we going there or what you think let's do, let's do that so so <laughs> so listen y'all we said all that on this episode about people not liking you so we can lay the foundation of we understand it is a lot of folks that's not not gonna like us okay <laughs> we know but 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 we can go there we can go there because that is that is definitely speaking of being a change agent that is one of church is one of those institutions where it is almost oh it's difficult to change to make any changes yeah um and it's it's just detrimental and so when you come up and you like us and you start talking about things that need to change people are going to um to have a problem with that and and i'm okay because i'm not here to help the people who have a problem with it we're not here for those we're here for the ones who have been damaged um we're here for the black women who are still being damaged um by the church as a whole okay not talking about any church in particular but we're just talking about black church culture and period yeah. um ooh, yeah yeah <laughs> so we just trying to prepare everybody for next week's episode like yeah we yeah yeah y'all mm. get ready listen i might have to listen i might get a tambourine for that one i need to see if i can't find them some something to beat something yeah okay all right so Thank you for joining us on this episode. And uh, I hope y'all got your seatbelts on for next week because I think it's going to be it's going to be an interesting uh, ride for sure. <laughs> Absolutely. You all make sure you like and follow us on uh, social media platforms. We are on Facebook, Instagram and YouTube. MJ and the Word podcast. Um, so make sure you go if you go to YouTube, go ahead and um, hit that subscribe button for us and uh, drop us a comment. Let us know what are your takeaways from this episode? All right, y'all. Take care. All right.
All right. Have a good one.